Hello and welcome to the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to say I have Danny here alongside me. How are you, Danny? Doing good, Richie. How are you doing? I'm all good. But the news there for uh, Petrified Promotions, anyway, it's uh, pretty exciting. So if you want to tell us about it. Okay, so um, on the 15th of June this year, we have uh, a massive gig. Uh, we've, we've been kind of asked to do another all-day show after the success of Urban Assault. So uh, we've, we've answered your prayers. And cool. uh, we, we have Kruikin playing um, with Zora and God Alone and a, and a host of other bands um, on the 15th of June in Cypress Avenue. It's our first show in Cypress Avenue as well, so we're absolutely stoked about that. You know, it's, it's, it's a long time coming. The event is called Metal United Worldwide. And basically, I, I was contacted by a promoter in Australia um, who's in charge of Black Roos uh, Entertainment. And they did this last year where they got as many countries involved as possible to put on a metal show on the same date under the same banner um, as a kind of way of uniting uh, metal throughout the world because it's very prevalent in a lot of countries um, and it's not as niche as people think it is. Um, so he asked me if I wanted to do Ireland. I said, yeah, no problem, uh, but only on the condition that I could make my show the biggest show. Um, all of the other shows are kind of just, you know, your standard four, four band gig, but, you know, us being Irish and us being from Cork, we want to have the biggest show. So that's kind of how, how that came about. Um, and and did, did you actually approach Cypress Avenue or had you other ideas or venues in mind? Or yeah, we, how, we did, could, how did that come about? Yeah, we, we kind of, we were looking at Spalpeen for a little while, but realistically with the, the acts that we we're booking, we needed to have somewhere bigger, you know, so that we could have the bands that we wanted, but we could keep the ticket price relatively low for the bands we were booking if we had it in a smaller venue the ticket prices wouldn't have been affordable as simple as that so we were kind of torn between Dali and um and Cypress Avenue but ultimately we went with Cypress Avenue because it, it's just a better vibe to the place um I've played in there a lot of times myself I've I've seen a lot of other bands playing there I just know that they're the best at what they do so I just thought it, it, it made sense to go for them and how would you kind of budget um a gig like that how would I budget a gig like that like, um, do do Cypress Avenue? How how would they uh, charge, for example, or do you have to come to them and make, reach some agreement? Yeah. So uh, as far as I understand, it's a case by case basis. Okay. So they they'd want to to know exactly how many people you expect to show up to the show. Um, no, in this case, I, I'm I'm hoping as many as possible. I suppose it's probably not safe to say a number just in case it That's doesn't come true. Promotion as well. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Plug it as much as we can. Ho- hopefully, yeah. hopefully we can get a we can get a full house. I, I think a full house is a bit ambitious considering it's five hundred and fifty that it holds. But if we, if we could get half of that, even I'd be I'd be delighted. You know, um. So yeah, Cypress Avenue in this case gave me a set fee, okay. and within that set fee, uh, they are providing me with the bar staff, the security, the sound engineers. Um, ticket sales which was a big one because since they're registered with Imro they don't they have a lower tax to pay on ticket sales whereas I'm not registered so I, I would have a higher tax is it Eventbrite that Eventbrite yeah, yeah they're yeah. actually quite good yeah so yeah I've used them before uh, w- with a previous show and uh, they're just so easy to use so Cypress Avenue charged me that uh, ch- charged me for all of that and then the money that goes to Eventbrite uh, from the ticket sales that's Cypress Avenue will take that as the payment from me Okay. So instead of an upfront payment, so it actually makes it easier on me. Yeah, it takes the pressure off. It takes the pressure off. So and then to some degree. To some degree, <laughs> and then there's door sales on the night as well. So with Eventbrite, you don't get paid for the sales until two weeks after the show. So Cypress Avenue, it's it's great the way they do it. Um, they'll count how much ticket sales have been made. They'll give that to me on cash on the night, so I can pay bands and stuff like that. And then they will wait the two weeks. Brilliant. So much better. Yeah, much better. So. 
So um, there's that and there's also Dead Label coming up as well. Yeah, so <clears throat> Dead Label, that's in just two, two weeks' time. Dead yes. Label with uh, the Dirty Casuals and Organ Blender. So um, Dead Label, we, we try and book them every year. They're a very, um, I'm not going to say up-and-coming band because they're already up. Uh, no longer coming quality you know? yeah. yeah yeah. well it's up to them if they're still coming or not I'm not sure you know but yeah. uh, sure look <laughs> they have an extra an extra guitar and of course now. yeah Mick has yeah. joined them now so I mean definitely um, like my memories of them the first time I saw them was in Urban Assault and I'm not sure if they supported Macedon after that or not not Macedon Gojira whether or not that was before or after Urban Assault, I'm not sure, but either way, they just blew me away. And then we saw him in um, Bloodstock as well. And that, I mean, you saw the footage of that. Yeah, mental. It's, you know, crazy. So, uh, second guitarist with him. Wow. It's yeah. going to be impressive. Big choice from him as well to leave this place hell because they were, they were doing yeah, really well. Yeah, they went well. down really well in Bloodstock actually as well. Yeah. And Funnily enough, yeah. the two of them were playing. And Mammoth Fest. They played Mammoth Fest not, this, not last year, but the year before. Right. Um, before they changed our name to this place hell. But, uh, yeah, it's a big, um, I'd say it was a tough decision for him because this place hell are a very good band as well, you know? Yeah, yeah With a lot I, of potential. I, think, I think they all kind of left uh, in mutual agreement. I hope so, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. You'd, hate to, you'd hate for them to disappear now because of it. Yeah. But um, um, no, it's just when when I heard Dead Label were announced, um, I'd, bought, I'd bought my two tickets for therapy two or three weeks or two or three months beforehand. Plug, so plug I, my gig not their gig man. so yeah so <laughs> as I said I'm kind of in a conundrum there and um, Whiplash are playing as well it's just just something about Cork that's that's kind of happens a lot is you kind of go for weeks when there's nothing and then on one night there's three three big bands playing you know and it's hard to get the crowd kind of for two not alone three so I'd, I'd imagine one of those probably would miss out maybe Whiplash or something like that yeah. Hopefully not dead label from yeah. your point of view. I'm sure yeah. therapy can survive anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't want anyone to lose, obviously. But um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully original musical thrive, you know, yeah. on the night. So how long are you doing this anyway, Danny? Um, it was actually Petrified Promotion's birthday uh, recently. Um, I think last Saturday. It's been three years. Three years. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm looking at the first gig there was in the pit in 2015. Do you remember anything about it? Yeah, I played it. <laughs> <laughs> um, who did we have headlining that? I, I definitely didn't put us headlining. That didn't happen anyway. But uh, I think we had Here We Stand. We had uh, Axial Symmetry, um, Alpha Day. Um, a few bands I haven't seen in a long time. Um, and we did it for two days in Fred Zeppelin's, I believe. So it was a Saturday and a Sunday okay. kind of a thing. I think. Yeah. Maybe not. It, it, might have, it definitely was the second year. But mm. I'm not sure of the first year. Okay, I'd say yeah because you you had another one on the 22nd of August and the other one on the 14th. But um, I just kind of picked out there Partalon, um, the Irish Metal Archive gig in 2016. Just wondering, was that one of their first gigs? Uh, with Partalon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think they were relatively fresh at the time. That was uh for Irish Metal Archive's fifth anniversary, I believe. Um, yeah. John or tried to organise a. A gig for Irish Metal Archive in all of the kind of prevalent counties, mm-hmm. um, and as I might be wrong, but as far as I know, the Cork one was meant to be Partalone and Venus Sleeps, right? And Astronaut, right? Um, but someone pulled out. I don't know if that gig actually went ahead. To be honest with you, really? Yeah, I can't that remember. Cancelled. Yeah, I think it was in the print shop. <laughs> 
But um, yeah, so um, then kind of up to 2017, then um, your first urban assault, which I, I, I was at. I remember I was hustling you there to go into printing t-shirts for Yeah, yeah, that was uh, wild. It, it kind of had been on the cards for a while, but we just didn't know if we'd be able to pull it off because none of us really had a background in promotion. We were just winging it, and we're still, okay. we're still winging it, you know? Um, but, yeah, once once we kind of had the, the bigger bands secured, like uh, Zora played that one, wasn't it? it was yes, Zora, right, yeah. Zora and Christ Agony yeah. and Stereo Nasty were the headliners, yeah. I believe. Just, yeah. my memory's great isn't it uh, Suits Lair as well <laughs> Suits Lair as well yeah, yeah. Um, it was just an all around solid lineup, um, and it was one of the shows that showed us that you know people in Cork do give a shit yes. about the scene and that's kind of if, if, if Urban Assault the first year went tits up I don't know if we'd still be doing it you know because okay. it was a real eye opener to the amount of people actually interested you know yeah and the venue as well um when when I saw it was Spalpeen, I was just going, how is that going to work? But it actually worked perfect. Yeah. Because you know, the gig was upstairs, downstairs, you know, you kind of, you can kind of move around it. Yeah, no, it was, it was you very know? good. Uh, They're very, very nice to work with. They, they were giving out about the noise Um, at one point, right? They said it was too bassy. I think that's when Baylor or someone like that was sound checking. <laughs> um, I mean, it mightn't have been Baylor, but. um. And of course you could kind of go downstairs and there's a Kaylee yeah. in full, yeah, yeah, full swing, yeah. you know, or someone's yeah. 21st. I remember we, we ran down to Argos and uh, we got a lot of um, uh, boxes that they weren't using and, and flattened them and right. put them under the, the base bins of the speakers to muffle the noise from going downstairs for the first urban <laughs> assault. So that's why you saw cardboard underneath the PA system. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. But um, something like that, the urban assault, <clears throat> I mean, obviously this year was just a fantastic success. You know, I must give you credit for that. It was brilliant. So well organized. How would... Because, I mean, some of the listeners here wouldn't have a clue. And, and I know a lot of them would be in, in bands and stuff, but others aren't, like myself. How would you go about setting up an urban assault? Like, w- what's your blueprint? Um, blueprint is... Um, do you do you start with bands you want to go? Yeah. yeah. Go there first, is it? Yeah, I, I'd say to the team, so there's three of us in Petrified. Yeah. Well, just say, if you went through this year's Urban Assault from start to finish, just, just give us an idea of what the planning and the bands, getting the venue, getting the sound guy, how, how does all that work? Well, after you organise one of them, you have a lot of people emailing you saying can they play the next one okay. and then based on you know who they are and what kind of pull they have and if you want to book them and if you said you'd book them at some point you kind of go based on that right. but um, there's a lot of bands like Tenton Slug would be a prime example they're just a band that we don't have enough and they're one of the best bands in the country Correct. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's with putting on gigs it's not about what I like it's about what everyone else likes so we try to try to go based on the audience because that's the whole point of it really like you know mm-hmm. um I've kind of recognised that in Cork as well. Cork is more of a, an old school metal kind of a vibe. Like a core genres, Bar from Baylor and Worn Out aren't really as big here. Like yeah. they have their crowd and everything like that, and that's great. But generally speaking, everyone here is all about doom, you know. And sludge, and probably. Sl- doom and sludge, like. Yeah. So we kind of try and go for as much doom and sludge and maybe a bit of black metal and stuff as possible, and then we'll stick one or two core bands in there as well to yeah. please that audience too. It's actually a very good point because, you know, from my background, I just love trash metal. I'd probably be kind of um, a traditional metal fan as well, but mainly trash and speed metal. 
and of course I don't have it. But what I found going to the to those gigs now is I've kind of started getting into the stoner metal and the sludge metal and a bit of doom as well because that's what's being played and to be fair it's been played very well you yeah know? yeah it's a great vibe like like personally myself i'd be a melodic death metal kind of trash metal yeah. person as well but uh there's a lot to be said about uh doom and hardcore as well for the mm. live shows that they have They're so just... okay so would you then say settle on what 20 or 30 bands how do you figure out your budget from that then um, I suppose once we book the headliners, because they're the ones that cost the most, we can we can figure it out from there. Um, right. The ticket price for Urban Assault is most likely always going to be 15 euros. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we kind of know what we have to work with based on venue size. Right. Our sound engineer is probably going to be the same amount every year. You know, okay. we use Cormac every year, Cormac, um, Cormac Daly, and he's he's savage-like, you know, so mates rates. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, and then what about the okay so the promotion side of it then is mo- mostly social media mostly social media we try and do like some some videos to try and be funny as well and sometimes it fails yeah. sometimes it goes goes nowhere but yeah. i think the snake one did all right this time yeah um, it's good <laughs> but um yeah it's, it's kind of hit and miss like we we try and get um more famous people that are funny unlike me to do it sometimes but right. they just stop writing back so yeah. Yeah. um i'm looking at you buzz you know? so um then the Spalpeen Fawnock then they'll have to be approached how many months in advance you kind of stick with February it's February's a good February yeah I have month. Urban Assault 2020 booked already and I have two of my headliners booked so that's there how you go, that's man. how far in advance <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Um, so yeah we try and we try and have all of the bands for Urban Assault ready to go six months before the event okay um and they're all yeah they all get their time slot or do you have to figure that out or closer to the time um yeah we so the time slots for the headlining bands would be given to them straight away okay. and then the we, we uh, look at it in three segments headline middle and start so when i'm approaching a band i'll say it's for a, a, a spot in either the middle the headline or the start and then after that It'll be one of the four slots, and then do you ever get arguments there going by by you don't have to name obviously by bands going well you know we're we're better than that or no. we should be up higher or lower not really no um it happens on a um, smaller scale gigs more often really uh, people just really seem yeah to be on happy. smaller ones yeah smaller ones where if there's only three or four bands playing like you know yeah being on first and being on second are big deal you know so yeah. Um, no, you'd only really get it if uh, someone like a good example now is actually Ape, uh, Apenum. Um, they were meant to be on later, but their drummer had to go play a gig somewhere else, so they wanted to be on earlier. But that's that's it. Like okay. it wasn't actually a complaint or anything. It was yeah. just that they wanted to be on earlier, which was fair enough. And again, what about if a band uh, runs over time? How do you figure that one out? Um, do you have to wing it again and just go look or is it is it the, or is, is the next band affected by it um no the, the next band wouldn't be affected by okay. it so uh, generally speaking you'll see me running up giving right. them the five minute count okay. um and if they acknowledge me and play on the sound i'll just get the sound engineer to cut them off it shouldn't affect the future bands if someone else is taking yeah. the piss like you know um if they don't see me um it's fair enough given the benefit of the doubt okay um but it doesn't happen very often it didn't actually happen once at urban assault which is yeah that's, that's why i said i'd ask you know yeah. it's 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 a tightly run ship um promotion wise then in relation to maybe the next year the year after have you any plans of actually filming it yeah, filming it yeah. yeah yeah we're in talks of uh well we're in talks of doing it for june 
okay. um, for that show. For the United yes, show. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've a meeting soon enough to kind of discuss what we can do with that, just to have it as like a promo for future shows yeah, and things exactly, like that, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about Urban Assault. We, we, we could go down that route, but um, we have to be... We wanted to be in the Spalpine the whole time. Okay. Um, and which kind of narrows down which your narrows options? Which narrows down the budget, like really you know, yeah, yeah, because we want to consistently book bands of the caliber that we had this year. Yeah. Um, which is is quite tight, to be honest, with the 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 budget and the ticket sales and stuff like that. Like we were okay, we we broke even, but just about, and it was a full house. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't leave a lot more. Yeah, room, it doesn't. I remember you know? actually on the first one that I was at, I think you were really under pressure to break even up to a certain point and then when you did no was it like eight o'clock or something like that I could see you smiling and beaming and high five four o'clock was it four o'clock four o'clock in the first one yeah yeah the first was a bit one drunk was just, anyway. yeah um yeah it was christ agony cost the most really um but yeah we, we just had some problems with them really they, they showed up late uh it took 20 or 30 minutes longer to sound check and then only played for 20 minutes or half an hour or something so we did and they won they said they didn't need accommodation and then on the night they told us they needed it okay so where were they, those hats from poland oh so right they okay. came over yeah, from yeah, poland yeah, yeah, yeah so that was the only issue we really had so um with that so we we, we did we did uh, drop the fee a little bit towards the end because you know they yeah. didn't play for the time that was allocated in yeah. the contract so yeah that's cool. Um, also, there you were involved in um, the Mammoth Fest. You travelled over with God alone. Um, that was intriguing because there was a lot of competition there to get that slot over there. Um, can you just kind of describe how Mammoth Fest came along? First of all, how it came into your hands or fell into your hands? Or? Yeah, no problem. So um, I've played the Bloodstock Metal to the Masses up in Dublin a few times. And there's nothing really like that down here. Um, and it wouldn't make sense to reach out to Bloodstock and have another competition in Cork. You know, it's just, I, I think that uh, sometimes, I, I I think that sometimes there is a bit of a home advantage when you uh, have a competition in a different county and it's, it's well, you're getting, you know, um, uh, for crowd votes. Good stuff, crowd you know? votes, yeah, course, yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to do a similar competition in Cork, but have the voting done on a points system between the crowd and the judges so that... It didn't eliminate the crowd vote kind of home advantage entirely, but it significantly reduced it. Okay. Um. So we'd have points based on how many voting slips were were handed in. We'd have an independent judge, and we'd have um, a headline band who would also judge, and then it would be thirty three percent of each of them. That's put fair together, enough. Kind of a thing, right? really, you know? I mean, yeah. So instead of a fifty fifty thing between crowd and judges, it just brings it down a little bit more. So, um, to to remove that home advantage and. It worked, didn't it? Yeah. You know, so um, I reached out to Steve in Mammoth Fest. Um, I was just looking through a few festivals that were relatively close by. I was looking at Heavy Scotland and I was looking at Mammoth Fest. Yeah. I thought Download and Bloodstock were just a bit too big for me yeah. to reach out to. There's Manor Fest as well, isn't there? Manor Fest. In in Leeds, I think, and Ten Ton Tug. I think they played there. Manor Fest, I definitely think I heard of it before. Yeah. But anyway, just Mammoth Fest, just so people know that there's a bit of a difference. Yeah, yeah. Mammoth Fest is in Brighton. Um, unfortunately, it's this was the last year of it, but um, it had been going strong for 10 years. Um, so I reached out to him, uh, told him the idea. Um, he loved it, so we decided that we'd do a Battle of the Bands in Cork, and then there'd be 10 more Battle of the Bands in the UK. Um, all of the 
finals would have Steve come over and judge them himself yeah. and then all of the people who win all the finals so the one in Cork and the 10 in the UK would play against each other at yeah. the Sunday of Mammoth Fest alright oh, um, so, so that was it, the formula that was the formula so it was a little bit different like even though you'd won for your country you still had to wreck yeah. England as well yeah. and that's what they did so you know? yeah it was God alone obviously God alone um, yeah. and Baylor is it Baylor went over now? Yeah, so Baylor were the headline uh, band for the final and okay. Steve just liked them so much that he offered them a slot on the spot. Right. Um, and he also gave Genova a slot as well. He, he God alone essentially came first, but he was very, very impressed by Genova as well. So he, he gave them a slot too. So it was, it was very interesting because any of the places in the UK that had bands, one band went through in Ireland. We, three got selected yeah. so it kind of shows it's, yeah. it says a lot like you know and how did they go down over there the uh, Irish lads with crowd wise and stuff because obviously they wouldn't have heard of any of those three bands yeah no it went very well Genova were playing very early in the day on the Sunday and everyone was a bit bait by the Sunday naturally um, I had dislocated my shoulder myself you know <laughs> was for alone um, no for bleed from within or decapitated or something on the on the Friday oh, yeah, or Saturday decapitated yes yeah, that's yeah. right yeah. Cool. So, um, were you drum taking for them or something um, yeah, la- last 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 minute. Oh, I was just asking Steve if there was anything I could do, and he was like, "Do you want to be drum tech for decapitated?" And I was like, I- "I'm not a drummer." Or anything. Yeah, don't worry about it. So, um, the, the yeah, the guy that runs the festival with him came up to me because they brought the wrong drum kit on stage for decapitated, and he's like, "Are you so- are you sober?" And I was like, uh, "Relatively speaking," and he was like, "Need your help? Go on, set up that drum kit there just before they were playing, and like in front of the entire crowd. Fucking it was man. wild, <laughs> wild." <laughs> Um, did you so, get to meet him afterwards or I met the singer alright um, yeah. and he was sound enough but okay. um, yeah they're not big talkers <laughs> to be honest you know yeah after what happened to him after that <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. it was just as well yeah yeah um, but, so um, yeah so getting back then God alone what day did they play they played the Sunday so right. Genova played first at about 2 or 3 in the day yeah. and considering the time they actually got a very good response um, Brian was standing on the crowd while he was singing like fully standing up on the crowd um, it was mental with the Irish flag wrapped around him as well um, God Alone played later and it was I've never seen a room filled with so many shocked people okay. it was everyone had their hands on their heads going what the fuck is happening Right? who are these guys you know yeah. they were just blown away by them um, I, I, th- I think three or four people approached them for management directly after the show wow it was it was mental like yeah. um, and then Baylor went on towards the very end of the night just after after Harbinger and um, yeah they, they toured the place a new arsehole as well um, yeah got my nose bust open for that one <laughs> 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 oh god um, isn't it interesting the kind of perception um, we have of England with Irish bands that it's, it's only when an Irish band goes over there, I feel, and having seen it myself at festivals, that you're suddenly super proud of them. You're with everybody in the crowd and the whole crowd is going bananas. And yet when you come back to Ireland and you go to see these same bands and gigs, you're looking. There's too much space around. There's not enough people going to the gigs. It's so frustrating. Like, Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously you as a promoter, it must be worse. Um, yeah, so, sometimes you get a little bit disappointed from, from turnouts when bands are doing well and stuff. What, what, what always bugged me was um, when you would have 
bands from out of town playing. A lot of people who give out about no no new music in the the city are the ones that won't pay a fiver to see three bands from Dublin. Yeah. You know, um, but you'll always have a full crowd if you have a full Cork lineup. You know okay. that that you kind find of, that yeah sometimes yeah not Do you all think the kind of goes both ways up in Dublin. I'm not sure. See, I haven't. Um, I I kind of learned that the hard way, so I haven't done it. Um, since year one, you know. Um, what do you mean? Like there was a f- yeah, there was just a few times in Fred's where I booked an all Dublin lineup or an all not Cork lineup, and just nobody showed up. Oh, you know, okay. like three, three or four people would show up, just people that happened to hear it walking past. Right. So you need to have the the local bands, and there's nothing wrong with having the local bands, that, obviously, because yeah. we want to yeah. push them. But yeah, sometimes you know, sometimes you'll have a few out of towners, like you know. Yeah, it's an interesting concept that um, I, I, like when I was living in Dublin. Um, you would rarely, rarely get a Cork band playing in Dublin, and it was usually all Dublin bands anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's um, it's an interesting one. You know, I mean, Dead Label probably would be the biggest metal band in Dublin at the moment. Would I be right in saying that? It's hard to say. Um, they're they're definitely up there. They're definitely yeah. up there. There's a lot of uh, bands in Dublin that are all on the same level of popularity, but completely different genres. You know, yes. completely different crowds. Yeah, you that's know, a good point actually. So, because like, look at Crookin, they're from Dublin as well. True, you know, didn't they? Yeah, I think they played um, Bloodstock last year, did they? I don't know. I didn't do my research, Richie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm nearly sure. Again, it's through a haze of uh, alcohol and juice. They may have, because I know they played Rootless All last year. Ah, so if they did a tour last year, it's possible yeah, they could have landed on yeah. uh, Bloodstock. Actually, I'm going to Brutless All this year. Actually, I'm looking me, forward to it. Me too. Are you really? Yeah. Ah, yeah, very just good. L- looking at tickets at the moment. You're going with a few lads from y'all, actually. Of course, Danny and myself are from y'all. Uh, just in case people didn't know, it's ironic that um, we never actually met uh, on our paths until now, and here we are with two microphones, two headsets. <laughs> Where did it all go wrong, Danny? <laughs> Hands under the table. Um, going back to y'all, you would have grown up with. Um, quite a good selection of music knowing your dad yeah it was a it was a strange one I was always into hip hop really until, yeah until a certain age I didn't get into metal till I was about 16 okay uh, maybe maybe a little bit younger there was a my dad decided to show me I think it was four tracks from different bands and it kind of changed everything it was a propaganda by Sepultura ah great taste George uh, Master of Puppets naturally yeah. Um he hated Iron Maiden. He still hates Iron Maiden. Um I think Dead Skin Mask from Slayer. Yeah. And um I don't know what the last one was. It was maybe uh Suicidal Tendencies or Rage Against the Machine okay. or something like that, but it's still a solid yeah solid choice, like, you know. Yeah. So um and your uncle as well, Wayne. Who I think he was um into Iron Maiden and stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah, I got a lot of uh, back in the days so of like Lime you were Wire, bound to, you know? man. You were yeah. eventually you were bound to get into it at some yeah, stage, rather. Yeah, yeah, I still love the old school hip hop. Don't get me wrong, but metal has taken over completely. Yeah. You know, but you're kind of not, not really kind of into the normal mainstream. Really, you're kind of more. There's more da- of a dark side of music that you kind of particularly like. I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, you probably. Um, You'd probably not be friends with me if I told you some of the bands that I don't like that are popular, you know. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'd I'd go more for melodic death metal, like you know, and that'd be kind of my bag, just riffs. And any reason why you kind of settled on that? Is it just? I, I'd listen to everything, like, but uh, yeah. just 
it, when I play with a guitar myself, that's kind of what I lean towards. So okay. I'm just more comfortable with it, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, bands like Black Dahlia Murder and things Actually, like that. You know? Yeah, they're, they're coming to Dolan's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if I can make it yet, but um, I'm gonna try. Yeah. So. And what what attracted you to Brutal Assault? the lineup or was it somewhere you just wanted to go I've been wanting to go there for a few years but some of the bands on the lineup are just unbelievable Aborted uh, Animals as Leaders just got announced as well never heard of them but I uh, checked them out they're an instrumental band aren't yeah, they they're, yeah. something, they're, they're musicians insane, insane they're musicians yeah yeah um, there's just I don't know how Brutal Assault affords to put it on with the price they have it at it's just it's mind, crazy it's mind-blowing it? mind and the accommodation is dirt cheap as well yeah so, it's, I'm just going to get an Airbnb myself yeah that's what yeah. we're doing yeah uh, it's 100 quid for four nights oh yeah yeah with ours it was I think ours was 370 or something so there was only two of us going so and with the lineup that's over there do you think or hope to get any connections uh, from your own side promotion wise I don't know uh, to be honest are you going as a fan no I think I'm just going as a fan okay. yeah I don't want to be a difference pestering people you know because I'd be moly yeah <laughs> so. that's when you do pester people yeah when you're moly the cheap beers you know what is it a quid for a pint over there that's all yeah it's metal in the sunshine yeah 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 so um yeah I know that should be a good one um it's a festival that's been on long finger I'm a little bit disappointed about the headliner but um yeah, it's, it's always the kind of bands underneath that kind of will um, will get the attention more than anything else. Yeah. Um, what about the sponsorship as well? <laughs> we're we're really kind of plugging it here. Just yeah. in case they're watching. <laughs> yeah, Boojum, if you're watching, love you. Yeah. Uh, or if you're listening, I don't know why I said watching. It's an audio podcast. <laughs> How'd that come about? I'm a big fan of Boojum. I love burritos. Burritos are great. If you don't like burritos, there's something wrong with you. Um, really that's, that's a fact, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I just uh, approached them because I know that some of the staff in there are metalheads as well. Colin oh. from Zora works in Boojum. Does uh, he? He does, yeah. <laughs> so Fucker, he never said that. He could have got a freebie there when, yeah. was, when he was on the metal. I know, podcast. right? And uh, just a few few people that work in there that I've seen at shows and things like that. So I was like, ah, Boojum's kind of an alternative kind of uh, food place. You know, I think that they'd fit our vibe. So I got chatting to their manager and then got through to the head of marketing up in Dublin and you know in in return for some of this plugging and and marketing that yeah. i'll be doing for them there they've agreed to feed all of the bands and all of the the kind of staff on my team on in june so that's, that's it's amazing like you i'm know? sure it's only around the corner really, exactly yeah yeah so we'll take a few few snaps outside bougian with the the lads playing air guitar and their burritos and uh <laughs> <laughs> you know we'll go from there You're a great man for the social media <laughs> I hate social media. Yeah. <laughs> Has to be done though. Says you. And how many like Facebook names are you under? And I, I, I was laughing there. I was doing a bit of research on you there. And which is the real Danny Fitzgerald? Oh yeah. So it's, it's the one that's Danny Fitzgerald. Um, yeah, I've been... Yeah, I've just put up a few dodgy memes, all right, where Facebook has been like, no, we don't, we don't like that. And you're banned for 30 days. Yeah. But I need to have the page to use Petrofoil. So mm. it's, you know... It's understandable. I'm um, not going to say anything to anyone anymore. Have you any <laughs> other gigs coming up before uh, the metal? Obviously after Dead Label, but is there anything in between? No. Um, we're, we're just going to take it handy because okay. um, Petrofile obviously isn't any of our full-time jobs. So I right. just need to take it handy because people have college and things like that. So we're going to take it easy before June, but we'll still be doing all of the promotion and, and the online stuff. There just won't be any actual shows. Um, and then we'll we'll start looking like some some tours lined up for September. Yeah, yeah. You, you you like you are still looking down the line watching. Oh yeah, yeah. We we like to kind of have be about eight or ten months ahead. 
um, at all times. So there's yeah. no surprises. And if, you know, if something goes wrong that we know about it in good time so that we can fix it before it even goes public, you know. Yeah. So what about European acts? Can you see like back in when the cruise scheme was up and running? Um, the Winterfest, um, they always got in. I mean, should look, I'm on a march, played their hail of bullets, um, destruction. Suff- suffocation. Suffocation, yeah. Were you there? No, it's I don't great. like that stuff. It's great. <laughs> but um, the promoters back then, while acknowledging what, what was coming through in the Irish scene, they still kind of um, managed to kind of mix it and get in Triptychon, for example, okay. Tom G. Warrior and stuff like that. What about kind of European acts? Is it hard to attract them into Cork, for example? Look at Limerick and Amana Martin Behemoth. What about Cork as a venue, potential venue? Are you looking at kind of the Cypress Avenues for that? You know, remember Conan played, yeah. played Cypress Avenue. Are you, would you take a gamble, is what I'm trying to say, on European acts to come in to Cork? At some point. Uh, I don't know when, though. Um, I think it's 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 in the future, all right, but I'm not sure if it's the near future or the distant future. Okay. Um, a lot of it depends on kind of touring schedules and things like that as well, but that's getting the European acts and putting Cork back on the map is, I'm sure, what all of the promoters are doing. Like I've, I've been speaking to Con and Paranoid Beast about it, and it's the same. We've the same common goal that we just want when bands are playing UK and European tours, that they look at Ireland and they don't just go Dublin, Belfast, Limerick. They go, oh, Cork as well. Yeah. That's the plan yeah. you know so it'll just take a bit of time but it, it looks like it's working especially con's doing an amazing job after getting rotting christ and after getting Conan and stuff go. like that there you go, yeah. but um i'm not as smart as con so uh, <laughs> but i'll get there someday <laughs> um plug for con yeah <laughs> um and, and all the lads in paranoid beast are doing a great job um so yeah no i definitely do want to get it down the line but i'm not willing to take that gamble yet i want to um it's Mitch. understandable. I mean, it yeah. is it is a gamble, but again, when you look at Rotten Christ, you're going, that's a safe one. You'd hope. You'd hope. Well, You'd hope. I'm feeling feeling about that with Krukin as well. I think they're a safe one too. Yeah. Um. So if the gig goes well, then, you know, we can make a bit of cash off that for collateral if we do take the gamble and it goes tits up. Okay. That's kind of what the plan is. If, right. if we can make a few bob off this, then we can use that to book someone of the same or higher caliber. Mm. That's the plan. How about... Uh, this how would you go about attracting more people to this metal scene I don't know man yeah what can you do there like you know it is a frustrating thing I think there's there is an imbalance with um, the foot traffic going to gigs at the moment you'd have the likes of me um, and older that will go but others won't and I'm trying to bring others with me and then you have the younger gang that seem to be going, but there's not enough of them. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think maybe, should you kind of target maybe colleges? Uh, we're thinking of doing some sort of uh, student discounts in the future, because I think that um, when we have shows on, if they're a five or a tenner, that's, that's a lot for students, you know? So we think we might just do a reduced rate for students um, going forward. But uh, I don't know, it's, it's weird with metal and metal gigs, you either like it or you don't like it. You know, you can't make someone like it. Yeah. Um, I just try and talk about it in everyday life as much as I can. I'm after getting so many people from work to go to gigs. It's great, yeah. yeah you know, people they you haven't seen before, and hopefully they tell their friends. It's just all about word of mouth, really. You know, yeah, it is. It's it is 
desperate you're you're trying to drag people to these gigs but you don't want to drag them like you want them to enjoy I themselves know, you know like you're you're trying to sell sell them something <laughs> and you're lying then going oh well they're a really good band and they sound like this band and knowing that they don't actually sound like that uh, but I've, I've done it man I've uh, done it man. I've, I've, I've brought people to opiate in Dublin saying that they're like Pink Floyd Wow, and and they go in there then and going and yeah yeah it it is it is you can can you not hear Pink Floyd in it and they're going fuck off this is shit you're <laughs> but, a bad guy but it got him in you know yeah even though they had to pay fifteen quid each to see him or twenty quid at the time in Vicar Street which was fantastic but at least they had company anyway you know well like gigs aren't expensive like that's the thing yeah you know when people give out about like we we get at the odd time fifteen euros that's mental for 12 not bands for urban assault <laughs> you, know, no. you know you yeah. know so we, we do it, it mainly happens at the end of the night or if there's someone just kind of walking by and they don't know about the event and they try to just walk in and ignore the door people but um yeah i don't think it's i think it's reasonable and i think the 2025 for crew is reasonable as well i didn't want it to be any higher than that it, yeah it actually was originally going to be higher than that but then when we got the bigger venue uh, with the potential to make more ticket sales because of the size of it, we brought the original price down. Okay. To make it more affordable, and yeah. it's only it's only a fiver more than Urban Assault, but just the likes of Crew can cost a lot more than the bands that we booked in Urban Assault. Right. In fact, they, they cost more than all of Urban Assault put together. So, Jesus. Yeah. There you go. So, um, what's their touring schedule like? Do they kind of tour, tour mainly Europe? Is it UK? Europe? Yeah, I think they're doing a, a European tour uh, with Cork as the only Irish date. Um, I, I, I think I think they're playing in Ireland later in the year as well. But um, in this tour, it's it's just us. Um, so that was kind of the deal we went for. Mm. Um, they they have they have a really good pull, um, especially in the Nordic countries. So they they do yeah. well every time they go out and tour. Actually, we better give a shout out there. Actually, Nakrunta are finishing up, which is an awful shame. They were fantastic, fantastic band. Love them a lot. And um, they were on Urban Assault 2018 or 17. Yes, that's, that's 18. 18, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they were last minute. Uh, headliner pulled out, I believe, and they, they filled in mm. from last minute. It's a shame. Yeah. Uh, again, another great Irish band. And saw them in Bloodstock as well. And they just, just blew everybody away in Bloodstock. There was even a few of my friends that wouldn't be into the whole uh, Celtic kind of black metal stuff tapping their feet along and mm. they all got into it. They're just, uh, it's just um, another shame that one of those bands just can't kind of sustain themselves. Sure, they had the, the spalpeen in complete silence when your, your one was singing. Do you remember that? That's right, yeah. It's wild. I think I actually got footage of that yeah. in somewhere. Um, and I, I was talking to their bass player only today, actually, good good buddies. Um, and he he had left them and he's coming back to play the last show. So that's, bass player yeah, is an Tom, Thomas, and he'll be in Cork animal. in June because he's the bass player in Black Shook now. Ah, so okay, yeah. very good. Yeah. A lot of the lads are kind of uh, double jobbing. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, exactly. Obviously, Ronan Ten Ton Slug, you know. Yeah. Also, a band um, that I love as well are coming out with um, a new album, I believe. Do you want to announce it? Um, yeah. So Corosa, um, Doom, Doom Metal Boys from from Cork. They've been uh, working hard for the last year or so, and um, I just got wind uh, that they will be releasing their debut album in June. I don't have a date for it yet, but uh, just just keep your eyes peeled for that because um, that's going to be a banger. Yeah, can't yeah. wait. I heard um, it was Kieran, I think, was telling me about the artwork for it. It's going to be pretty spectacular yeah. as well. Um, and they're playing on the 15th of June as well in, uh, in that show yes. um, in Cypress Avenue, so check them out there. You might even... I'm not sure if their album will be out by then, but um, 
I, I hope it is because then you know they can sell it at that yeah, show yeah, when there's exactly. going to be a lot of people there you know um, and maybe some new tunes and stuff hopefully how are the lads and God alone uh, going is there any um, I know that the album out now at the moment so they have to take time off not to do the leave insert yeah which it's, is bizarre it's wild isn't it absolutely I, I met them the other day to uh, talk about something and two of them were in school uniform it was just it was surreal like you know <laughs> Yeah, they're uh, they're definitely the most exciting band in Ireland right now, hands down, without, hands shadow, down. without shadow of a doubt. Um, and they're from Cork by. And they're from Cork by. Yeah. <laughs> um, with the way they sound now, at seventeen, eighteen years of age, imagine what they're going to be like in their early twenties. Yeah, we we'll just, just, we'll just kind of have to keep our fingers crossed they stay together. Yeah, hopefully they don't get all horrible drug addictions and uh, you know. It's possible. Yeah, it's, it's possible. possible. Yeah. Um, any other bands that are releasing stuff? From Cork at the moment. I know the Zora are working on some stuff at yes, the moment. Yes, um, correct. Yeah, yeah Colin and, and Tom were telling me the other day. So they're they're working hard. They're they're putting their heads down to to get a release out this year, I believe. Um, and they'll be doing a bit of a tour as well. Uh, from what I can see, I saw something on Facebook. They're doing a tour. Aren't yeah, they? there's a few actually uh, UK gigs and maybe a few European. Yeah, yeah. Ones as well. Yeah, they have some nice slots. I think two of the gigs they're playing are Cork. Um, but I, I don't have it in front of me now, yeah. but it's seven or eight dates anyway. But it's great to see, um, as I said before, just um, the acceptance now that um, Irish bands can go over to the UK and just level the fucking place. Well, that's it. But, you it, know, it's um, the relationship with the UK is actually great. It's very good. It's actually. very good. Like, you know, um, I, I've, I've been chatting to a few people over there about touring things that I, I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Okay. Um, and everyone is just so open and willing to do kind of gig shares and things like that so you scratch my back I'll scratch yours so we can get our bands over there and get them over here and stuff it's, it's great we have two UK bands playing the the gig in June we have Reprisal uh, if you were at Bloodshot Dawn they were the, the lead support to Bloodshot Dawn they're kind of a, a modern trash metal band along the same lines of uh, Psychroptic and uh, kind of a bit heavier than Skeleton Witch kind yeah. of a kind okay. of a vibe and they're they're absolutely savage and then we have uh, Kill All the Gentlemen as well I saw them at Mammoth Fest and they, they blew me away they're just after coming off tour with Cradle of Filth as well oh. um, so they're they're very very good and they'd be along the same kind of lines as Reprisal as well Um so looking really looking forward to the the two of them. I believe they're playing in Belfast as well. So and um, let's not forget uh, Razor Sharp, um, Dead Blizzard. They were great, man. Wow, they were so good. Lunatics from Scotland. Absolute Shout out to the lunatics. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were one of the nicest bands to work with as well. They were such nice fellas. Um, a funny story actually. Go on, yeah. Um, yeah. So when I was contacting all of the bands about their stage plans, um, naturally to make it easier for the sound engineer we'll create a doc and we'll get all of the stage plans and send them to him so that he can organise the day so all of the bands sent very professional kind of drawn out uh, stage plans with a great detail in the all mics and leads and all this kind of stuff razor sharp death blizzard Jamie drew a picture <laughs> of him and the lads with a permanent marker and drew the little guitars in their hands and everything like that and just wrote guitar bass you know <laughs> one amp <laughs> it's fucking pretty and then he handed it to Cormac on the day as well <laughs> it was gas oh god but do you know what all of the information was on it it looked like it was drawn by a five year old but all of the information was there it worked yeah and they were great. They were fantastic. And they got a great reception in Galway as well. I was only talking to um, Brendan, who does Damage Inc. up in Galway, and he was saying that they're one of the 
easiest and nicest bands to work with as well. Yeah. They're brilliant, brilliant. We'd have, we're definitely going to have them over again. There you go, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, a band like that, you have to kind of go shout out to them and go, lads, you were fucking brilliant on the day and come back again, you know. Actually, they had a fill-in guitar player for the day and he plays guitar in a band called Dog Tired. Do you yes, ever hear them? Dog Tired, yeah. Yeah, I have them booked for next year. Uh-huh. So that'll be interesting. Not they come up there recently again. I don't know. Did they play Cork before? Um, years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. 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 So that's it, Danny. Um, it's been great, man. Yeah. Any that's other shout outs from, uh, what about your crew, obviously? Oh, yeah, the boys. Um, shout out, yeah. yeah. They're doing great work. So, yeah. Um, if if anyone doesn't know, it's obviously not just me within Petrofoil. It's uh, Jim Splan from Dirty Casuals and Red Sun Alert, and also Julia Paulak, whose name I butcher every time, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, from Red Sun Alert as well. And uh, I wouldn't be able to do it without them. They're great. And also, big shout out to Cormac Daly as well, because he does sound for all my shows and helps me transport the gear and everything like that. Um, and you'd if, recommend him for anything I'd recommend him for anything cool. and he's a very good promoter as well if ever I'm stuck and I don't know what to do I'll get on to him and we'll talk about it and we'll figure something out he's very very knowledgeable okay so. and I also want to give a shout out as well um, to Warren Tyvee in Claycastle Studios and y'all um, they had Jeff Tate of Queensryche there um, recording last week and the week before so um, if any bands want a good recording studio, it's in your Clay Castle Studios. Yep, perfect. One more before I go. Go for John it. John O'Brien from Irish Metal Archive. Okay. John. Um, yeah, John did all of the tickets for me for Urban Assault. Uh, we didn't do it through Eventbrite or anything like that. We just printed them ourselves or, or John did. Right. And uh, he, he always does stuff like that for me. Um, like anything to do with posters and printing, John does everything for me. And he's just so efficient and also very knowledgeable. You need a guy so, like that. Yeah, yeah, it's really handy. He, he delivers them to my house. Wow. You know, well you done, Jim. Yeah, sometimes I make him tea. So, Danny, you know. an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem at all. Don't forget to check out the Metal Cell podcast on Facebook and Instagram and email me at themetalcell at gmail.com. Uh, over and out. Yeah. Cool.